When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Do it. The NVR Draft Podcast. Andre Simone, your humble host. I was looking back, Jakester. Seven draft classes. We've been doing this on a weekly basis since the 2017 draft. He is our guy, Jake Schwanitz from DMVR Buffs. He's been on this draft pod for at least three draft classes, I want to say. Yep. Uh, right after, I mean, right when COVID started, man. 2020. Uh, that was when I started, yeah. Jerry Judy, is that correct? Does that sound right? Mar- uh, Herbert's in that so. class. Um, yep. Two so, yeah been a good time man and as always presented by DraftKings Sportsbook more on that later DraftKings has some a really really fun draft props right now they have extended those tremendously so we're going to get into that but first off Jake it was a minute since we've done one of these it's just the fun part of draft season is looking at the latest mocks the latest movement um and really with Senior Bowl in the books, draft order set, and the combine in the books as we get into all the pro days, finally feels like we've got a bit more, you know, a bit more, uh, there's a bit more realness to these mocks, though, of course, free agency will dictate a lot of the team needs. But from just the prospect standpoint, McShay, Brugler, Daniel Jeremiah with a new top 50. We're going to get into all these risers, fallers, latest stuff. Um, Let's start with this McShay draft updated this morning. How many trades should we expect in the top 10, man? What are you thinking? Uh, I think we're going to start right away at number one. And then I think there's absolutely situations where the Bears could trade out of the top 10 again. Uh Um, With the way these quarterbacks have been kind of improving their stocks guys like will love us anthony richardson it's possible we could see him go all top four so there could be another two three trades there i mean i don't know i guess i sit the over under at two and a half at least i feel like that's low though three and a half maybe right it's four quarterbacks it kind of feels like three and a half is right on the money because of course you know teams like houston they get sniped and someone else moves up jumps them uh at the one overall and they're stuck at two they don't have to trade out of that, right? That could change things. And then, I mean, we've mm-hmm. seen how trade-heavy the draft is in general with kind of this new generation of GMs much more likely to go after trades. And, uh, you know, I think there was a, a much more of a conservative old-school approach um, by GMs in the NFL to not go after trades, especially it was, you know, remarkable compared to like the NBA or NHL other leagues now we've seen that come around a little bit you wonder could there be a trade for an edge rusher or uh bears move down twice then move back up a couple spots to like snipe jalen carter or maybe get Mm -hmm. their wide receiver one or their ot one um yeah three and a half feels right and i probably take the over like i think the juice on that three and a half it's probably like Overs minus one fifty, unders plus one twenty type deal. Right. Yeah, it's it's really close. And and I feel like we've said this a couple times the past three years too, is like we expect a lot of trades. Like we expect a lot of trades. I think in that twenty twenty one class with Justin Fields, Trey Lance, 
there were some, but I feel like we were kind of underwhelmed when it actually came down to draft day and how many trades happened. So, uh, I mean, it's anyone's guess really, but yeah, I think I'd take the over on that line too. If, uh, I had to, that's a great point, man. Um, there have been some classes where we expected trades and that like by this point in draft season, we already had Durant, you know, the Goff Wentz is a classic. Like that was like early yeah. in the combine or just after the senior bowl. Um, but both Rams and um, Eagles had moved up to one and two just a couple of years ago that, Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Niners pick. They trade up to two overall um, by this point in the season and all hell broke loose with all those rumors and what have you. It is interesting something isn't necessarily already in the books at this point, at least at the first overall pick. We're getting to that time at least. I mean, I think Mm -hmm. you can expect something here shortly, especially with the number one overall pick floating around and uh, Ryan Poles has been pretty vocal saying, look, we're kind of plan on trading this pick. So um, right. maybe sooner rather than later. But yeah, I think we're, uh, we're due some, at least some movement in the top 10. Well, both these mocks had the Bears moving down twice, which I love. I know Bears fans would love that. I also think Jalen Carter maybe not being a set and forget blue chipper and having a few more questions also makes this a smidge more likely like if they if they miss out on Will Anderson moving back twice makes sense especially if as I've been saying they should really be thinking of upgrading the line upgrading wide receivers like not necessarily targeting a top front seven or top defensive line talent McShay as the Bears moving up moving down twice and taking um Skaronsky seventh overall how would you grade that draft man if that's how it ended up going like that seems like a rough haul honestly yeah um and especially now that we pretty much figure skaronsky's going to be a guard um you're not really getting a tackle in this spot too um i mean going from one to seven you have to assume with two trades to do that you get a decent haul but yeah to come away with the guard in your first pick too um little underwhelming. I understand Fields needs to help, but yeah, underwhelming when Nolan Smith's there. I mean, Paris Johnson's there at tackle. You could take Bijan too. Uh, Jalen Carter's there too. So uh, <laughs> it's not what I would do. I'll tell you that. No, I really think this would be nuts, man. Like that'd be, and I, I don't know. Skaronsky's a weird one because we'll talk. He's, Offensive tackle one in each of these mocks. He's O-line one for uh, DJ in his um, top 50 that we'll get into. And without jumping segments, you know, the the book, on the other hand, does not have him as the favorite to be the first tackle taken, which it's, guys, it's 32-inch arms. Like, I, I don't know what to do for mm-hmm. you and, unless he can play with gloves that have extensions on them and, like, gorilla grip function to him this this is a problem it's uh it's the old margins conversation um so that'd be that'd be devastating (laughs) if you ask me if that's what the bears ended up doing i maybe hate just as much the brugler mock has them ending up with van ness in the double trade down we love we this podcast does enjoy a good uh big 10 prospect going to the the black and blue NFC North. So we do appreciate yes. the Van Neskaronsky cultural fits. At least we always get a good laugh out of that kind of stuff. But um, Jesus, if, if I'm a bears fan and that's my prospects, even adding two future firsts, I just like get Jackson Smith and Jigba, get Quentin Johnston, get Paris Johnson, mm-hmm. like do anything, but Skaronsky Van Ness, my God. Yeah, or trade down again. <laughs> right. Mean, you don't have yep. to take one of these guys. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, those are some of my early thoughts. Um, do you want to get into anything that stood out to McShay before I, I tap into another couple? Yeah, let me uh, scroll through here real quick. I mean, Anthony Richardson going at four to the Raiders, that kind of scares me. Um, Does it? I know. Yeah, man. I'm, a, I'm kind of an Anthony Richardson believer. 
Oh, I mean, I really don't think he's as big as the project as many people think. And uh, especially if he goes into a situation where he can sit and just kind of learn, at least for the first half of this year, I'm all for it. Um, Dude, McDaniels is so interesting, right? Because he's he's a guy who in some ways I think was part of Belichick's thinking and like, we don't need Brady. Um, obviously you didn't need Jay Cutler, right? He preferred guys like Matt Castle. He's gotten rid of Derek Carr already and, you know, preferred Jared Stidham, who's a very castle like profile. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet this is also the same man that's drafted Tim, that drafted Tim Tebow in the first round. Um, it's the same guy that was part of the staff that the plan post Brady was Cam Newton. Um, so he has dabbled in these big bodied run dare I say run first quarterbacks, at least with that stage in Cam's career, it was kind of a run first quarterback, um, which is very atypical from a guy who's also said, look, I don't need supreme traits. I need a guy who just knows this offense, because if you know it, if you're making the right reads, this is going to be a, a great offense regardless. Um, so Anthony Richardson's a really fun little caveat thrown into the McDaniels, uh, quarterback history there. Yeah. He's a, he's an interesting guy overall, but yeah, he does like to get a little creative on the offensive end. And I think, uh, honestly, the best way to get creative in any kind of league is to have an athletic quarterback that expands your playbook. I mean, tenfold more than anyone else can really do it. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, it's weird how he kind of is like following the same patterns that he did in in Denver, especially if they draft Anthony Richardson. It's literally like the same exact thing. You just broke Dude, it down. Florida, Florida, the Florida connection on top of that's all three guys, right? Yes. <laughs> Tebo came and obviously came wins the Heisman at Auburn, but wow. he starts his career. That's amazing. Oh my God. Well, I'm putting in a graphic request right now. Um, all right, I cut you <laughs> off though there on the A Rich. <laughs> Combo, what what was the next thing you were going to say on this mix, Shamok? Um, another outlier in the first round with Emmanuel Forbes going 17th overall to the Steelers. Um, this guy comes in, he runs a 4-3, 40-yard dash. Um, the tape is great, but then he comes in weighing 166. McShay still has him going in the top 20, 17 yeah. to the Steelers. Um, 166. Back-to-back receivers again. Yep, 166, man. It's That's... happening somehow. Nuts. Um, I think we're going to have a receiver run in like these 20s. We keep seeing it, um, and these are just a lot of receiver-needy teams. I mean, starting at 20 with the Seahawks, you could see that, I think, too. Uh, they go Miles Murphy here, but then Jordan Addison, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba is going to – it's – I don't know, man, but we talked about it on Monday. It's I see these things where he's in the first round. I'm like, yeah, I could see it, but then it's just like, well, I don't know. But are we really going to draft the oh. guy, the the guy that didn't run the forty that everyone's labeling as a slot guy? It'd be like taking Michael Thomas, I guess, in the first round. That's kind of like what I'm thinking, but um, I it's, don't know. He's been catching a lot of strays. Here's the, and I I saw this comp, this comp a couple months ago, and at first I rolled my eyes, thought it was really stupid, and I've thought about it a lot since, and I'm really coming around to it. The comp that you love. And that if you advise against Jackson Smith and Jigba should give you a little pause is Justin Jefferson, who himself Mm. is the slot guy at LSU, right? Prolific offense, Mm. nothing but NFL, like not just NFL talent wide receivers, like phenom NFL wide receivers. He's stuck in the slot measurables, meh. But the guy just gets open, cooks guys from the slot, and in the NFL, he's turned into an absolute superstar. And I think that is that, and physically, completely different guys, right? Like Jackson Smith and Jigba, mm-hmm. twitched up, smaller guy. I think there's some deceptive, like lower half thickness and strength and contact balance that you wouldn't have necessarily highlighted with Jefferson, who's more smooth technical length whatever both have great hands um that's where i think it's like man you can say like ah he's just a slot what's his ceiling but then it's like mm, in the right offense how much of a just like destroyer could this guy be 
Well, and remember, A.J. Brown was the same way, too. He was stuck in the slot at Ole Miss. Very different than both of them also. So, yeah. Um, and going back to that A.J. Brown year, like, my argument why he was in the slot so much is because he was their best receiver. Like, he was their move receiver. He was the guy that worked all three levels right. of the field. This is exactly what uh, Justin Jefferson did. It's exactly what Jackson Smith and Jaywood did. They worked all three levels of the field. They made great plays no matter where they were lined up, what they were asked to do. Um, maybe we're just overthinking this whole slot thing just because of where they line up on the field. Because I, and then of course there's been the opposite of that, like guys like Traylon Burks. You know, where it's like, eh, right? Maybe we should have seen those signs a little earlier. Um, though yes. obviously early to call that one. Um, and so I think it's really interesting, and I'm kind of seeing different stuff. You know, to me. JSN feels more likely to be wide receiver one than to like drop out of the first. Um, so he feels like another one of those really interesting touch points forking the road prospects in this class, like Bijan, like Scaronsi, like Quentin Johnson, you know. Um Nolan Smith, eighth, eighth, eighth overall. I could see it. I don't think that's hot takey. I would hate that for Atlanta who frankly feels like a very sneaky Anthony Richardson fit. That's Arthur Smith. Look how he used Ryan Tannehill. Mariota, early season success kind of falls apart. Ritter, we are not a Ritter podcast here. Not to put words in your mouth. Uh, you know, feel free to jump in. But He's all right. God, no, this is such an Atlanta fine. thing, man. Like, just like, oh, yeah, we're we're getting another like it's Vic Beasley it's like I've just I've seen this movie before Atlanta this is not what you need okay Nolan Smith is not your answer please find something else um and the Jalen Carter fall man like 12th yep 12th to Houston Houston coming away with what is it CJ and um CJ and Jalen Carter in this one my god yeah that's crazy that's a hole right there. there Mm-hmm. Um, we'll have to see exactly what shapes up with this. I don't know this situation. Jalen Carter finds himself in. To go back to Atlanta, though, I mean, the, they're out on Lamar and stuff too. I mean, they're really going in on Ritter. It's pretty Jesus, crazy, man. like absurd. This Lamar stuff, I, I probably shouldn't even get started. Um, no, we can. It, it would take over the show. Yeah, no, absolutely. And then Miles Murphy falling. Like this is a this is a consensus across the board, despite him measuring really well and kind of being like a consensus top ten guy. What do you say, Jake? Prospect fatigue or legit? Legit concerns. Um I don't know, maybe a little bit, both probably prospect fatigue more than anything. I mean, the guy kind of just did his thing at Clemson. And this is just such a Seahawks pick too. Just letting the, the guy who played at like a top five college football team level uh, produce, did everything you could really ask for, has some questions for some reason in the draft. And then Seattle just takes him. It's recent Seahawks. Yes. Yes. Yeah, for sure. Um, Brugler notes, anything that stood out to you before I jump in with my? Uh, let me pull it up. Uh, you can go first if you want. Well, Strout goes number one, which I think is really interesting. Um, I Which, honestly, I like just knowing how the NFL operates, that of all the crazy scenarios we can cook up with this quarterback class that feels most likely of all as the NFL just goes back to the tape is like, you know what? He's just the best passer. He's just the best pure passer in this class. He's got Mm -hmm. the prototypical size. I think there's still plenty of upside. This system is not that hard to recreate, like just strout it up. Um, But you're not seeing that at all. Yeah. Right. Um, which is that I don't know. Um, like the Colts to be the Strout team, I'm not so sure. But Strout, mm-hmm. I could really see. Um, yeah. And my other big note is Skaronsky, the consensus O lineman one. Once again, crazy. 
Yeah, and Paris Johnson going right after him. Uh, Bijan to the Eagles. New England being aggressive and trading up uh, with, to go and get Skaronsky in this draft. Right, which um, that's so not New England. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they never, um, Do they ever trade up in the first round at all, if at all, in the draft? I mean, we hardly ever see anything. And to go up and get, an, again, to go up and get a guard, like, I don't know. I mean, like, Quentin Nelson's the guy you look at as, like, one of the best guard prospects in the last, I don't know, however many years it's been. And Indianapolis isn't really in a in a tremendous situation since drafting him. Um Again, brought up the Chargers last year. They went and did that with Zion Johnson, but this is like they were back into the first round doing that. Yeah, um, for yeah, trading up especially. Tackle, it's crazy. Yes, it's. I just don't understand for a guy that can't. I mean, I guess he can play tackle, but you're really, really taking a risk out there, especially yeah. against some of these just absolute beasts. In the yeah, NFL. this isn't Rashawn Slater, um, Isaiah Win, where you're yes. just under. You're you're like in the mid thirty three inch arms. This is sub thirty three inch arms. Thirty four is prototypical size. It's just it's just really rough. Um, surprised to see Branch top fifteen still. Um, I I was thinking not why not Kylie like and he has him listed as a as a nickel. Mm-hmm. Kylie Ringo would be really interesting closer to the line of scrimmage as a nickel. Um. He's amazing in press. He's a guy who, when the action is in front of him, you're really going to see that 4-3-6 um, show up. He's built like a linebacker. Why not him closer to the line of scrimmage? I haven't seen people adjust on Ringo's rankings much. Um, and I don't get it. I know that he he isn't perfect. Um, I want to see the agility stuff because he does seem to struggle turning and running. But again, like worst case scenario, put him in a, Press cover three. I haven't played trail technique. He's six two, mm. runs a four three six. He can figure that out. Like I've seen him ball hawk enough to know that he's gonna be just fine. Um right. so yeah, I'm I'm really sh- I'm shocked to see guys like Branch ahead of him. Or Emmanuel, you know, Emmanuel Forbes, guys like that. It's nuts, yes. man. It's nuts. Uh Deontay Banks at 23 overall, the cornerback from Maryland. We have a Darnell Washington appearance appearance at 24. Finally. Um, and he should, yeah, man, he should go in the first round just with everything we've seen. The He's really kind of a unicorn at the position. We really haven't yes. seen a guy this dominating as yes. a blocker with this just combination of size and athleticism. Um, maybe we should, uh, when we get to that DraftKings thing, we could see if we can make an <laughs> opportunity there. <laughs> um, yes, my guy's thinking yes. now. And then uh, Anton Harrison at 28, man. I mean, this is another guy who's... I mean, when Orlando Brown was coming out too, it was kind of like, yeah, poor athleticism plays in like a spread where he's pulling all the time and just clobbering like smaller dudes in the Big 12. But those uh, uh, Oklahoma tackles, off Oklahoma offensive linemen in general can play. Yeah, and I mean, he ran a four, five, a sub five um, forty, a sub mm-hmm. a, a sub five second forties for old linemen is flying. He outdid Skaronsky in that, tested well in the others. It's an RAS in the green of like eight plus. He's got above 34 inch arms, and he's a guy who started at Oklahoma since his freshman year at left tackle for three consecutive years. Like, ah. um, my other thing is I love seeing Darnell Wright go in at the end of the first with DeWad Jones. I think those mm-hmm. guys are gonna go higher. And in fact, I posed this question: Brugler in his mock has 16 round one offensive tackles, cornerbacks, and edges combined. I think I'd take the... It's a really well set over under. I think I'd take the over, though. I think there's room for a yeah, couple more. I mean, oh, for sure, especially with these tackles. We always see... I mean, it's always quarterbacks, tackles, edge rushers. Yep. Those guys always get bumped up. Um, so... If I just have to group in cornerbacks to another group that also gets kind of, I guess, gobbled up at the end of the first round, I feel like usually I take that over too, I think. Yeah, and I mean, think that's over half the first round on those premier like pass-heavy positions. And on top of that, mm-hmm. you're going to have a ton of wide receivers. You're going to have these four quarterbacks go super early. 
Um, all the defensive linemen are being taken because they give you interior pass rush. No one gives a shit what they do as a run stop. And, and, um, and then you're the tight ends will kind of be the outlier, but they are the, you know, we've been talking about this for two, three years. It's the, it's the modern football adjustment. It was always the next chess move to Nick more nickel defenses is okay. Now we're going to have tight ends that really puts you in a predicament of are we going to run it, run it and have this extra blocker who's actually, you know, 6'5, 246, even though it's maybe not, you know, the Mike Ditka uh, of the world's so like right. the best blockers, but still, still got that size to, to, you know, get to your safety if that's your eighth man in the box and, and mess with that and then have a, you know, a bigger wide receiver um, in the past game. So, We'll get to some more risers and fallers in just a second. But as we mentioned, DraftKings Sportsbook right now, we say this all the time. This really is one of those peak times. Draft props galore. Stay tuned for more on that because it's amazing. You've got some great props on all these college basketball tourneys that are coming to an end. You're going to want to get in on the March Madness fun. Um you know, as free agency and you get hyped about that, where you're going to want to get in on some NFL futures and NBA and NHL playoffs. It's where the regular season heats up. It's where the playoffs are about to start. And they've got you set newer existing users, existing users get all the amazing bonuses, uh, risk-free SGPs on stuff like the NBA stepped up parlays. It's awesome. And new users who use that code DNVR, can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with code DNVR, minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And shout out to our friends over at Jive Hive. Jive Hive is a virtual dispensary on wheels that'll deliver to you wherever you may be. <clears throat> they have no brick and mortar store, so that means low overhead meaning that you are able to get the best price on weed possible. They can, as I said, you can also, they can also deliver to you anywhere you are. If you've been at home partying and you do not want to go out and get your picked up weed, just have Jive Hive deliver straight to your door. That's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. We'll be there to say hi. When we make that delivery, you can schedule a same day or a delivery window they are now serving in Aurora, Greenwood Village, Monument Fountain, and various areas of El Paso County. Also, make sure you go back and check out the Jive Hive website and see when they expand their areas of service. Again, that's J-I-V-E-H-Y-V-E.com. Don't drive, Jive Hive. Hell yeah. Love when you do that. Um, <laughs> okay. DJ's top 20, top 50, third version of this, um, Daniel Jeremiah, NFL Network. Biggest things that stood out. I have them listed. The biggest risers and fallers. You you tell me, Jake. I've I've been talking too much on this pod. Well, first off, um, just on the very top, I mean, DJ has been very, very consistent with these top prospects. It's always been Bryce Young, always been Will Anderson, uh, Bijan Robinson, Tyree Wilson, and Jalen Carter in that, that top five. It's been very consistent all year. And um I mean, my guy just does great work. He does this all the time. He calls his shots, sticks with them. I love Bijan as a top three prospect. Looking at the biggest risers, uh, my guy, Zay Flowers, man, up to 24 overall in this. What a rise, huh? No kidding, man. We made the Tyler Lockett comps. He runs that 4-4-2. I mean, you've been talking him up for two years. What's What more can you say? He seems like a really great pick for the Giants. Like that route running and the Dable offense um, feels really spot on. I kind of think he's a first round lock. I think so too. I'm I'm kind of scared that uh, Kansas City may try and go get him also, but uh, let's hope that doesn't happen. Isn't right he too? Him, though, Will Mc... Isn't he too redundant with your guy Sky Moore? That's my guy too. Um... <laughs> Maybe, yeah, but I mean, both I feel like create separation. I mean, yeah, 
can't have enough of that, man. Um, I mean, and they do have some size. I mean, they got guys like Tony who's still there. Um, I believe is Juju still there or he has to resign. I can't remember. Um, I feel like they have some size outside of Skymore too. I mean, yeah, still there. Uh, you still have Kelsey, of course. So I feel like kind of stacking up on just some route runners, guys that can create separation, get open, um, pair that with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what else do you really need? They just seem like such a great, like high. It makes a ton of sense for them. Yeah, I mean, they could do that too. Just go back in on speed. That's I think really the only thing missing after you gave away Tyreek Hill is now you really don't have that speedster. I mean, I guess MBS right. can stretch the field, but it's not at that same level, you know. No, um, Zay can fly too, though, man. I know, I know. And if the locket comps are there, it's kind of like, well, do we even care? Yeah, fair enough. Yes, fair enough. Okay. Um, Keep right going. behind him, Will McDonald up 11 spots. Bro. Uh, he was a lot of fun to watch at the Combine. I'm excited to get into his tape eventually. He just sounds like a beast. Yeah, and the Senior Bowl was really impressive for him. Only guy we saw consistently beat Darnell Wright. 36-plus inch arms. Absurd, um, if I'm remembering correctly, at least. Very undersized, great breakdown by DJ, who explains, you know, he was he was playing as a dial lineman in a three-man front at like 230 pounds. Um, so he's got that length, he's got that strength to hold up in that kind of scenario. But when you put him out as that wide edge rusher, you know, that wide nine stance, which is where he should be, then he can that that smoothness, that bend, that length really shines through a lot more. We've been talking him and the other Big 12 um edge rusher out of Kansas state, Felix. I need it here. Um, I, I have it. I know DK Uzoma. Um, there you you go. know, those are two guys you got to keep your eye on. You, you want to get to that over 16 tackles, edges and corners combined. Those are two guys. Brugler didn't have in the first, for example. Yeah, and then that the uh the, the back end of these uh this top fifty-two. A couple more of my guys entering these top fifty. Sam Laporta, number forty-one from Iowa, the tight end. Um this guy, I mean, I'm not comparing him, but he does have the most gronkish, I think, capabilities in this class in terms of like just bowling through people after the catch, just guys are falling off of him when they go to tackle him. Uh Darnell Wright has that too, of course. Um, and then also my guy, Tuli Peloto at 46. Yep. That is Washington, your guy. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that absolutely is your guy. Great call. Yeah, I mean, Iowa is some of the biggest risers. Van Ness moves all the way up to 14. Mm-hmm. God, he's an interesting eval. I need to go back and watch some more because I'm I'm still not getting it fully. Um Jack Campbell makes his debut in the top 50 and Laporta debuts in um, at 41. So many tight ends. We called this. We were ahead of this. Good, good, good on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I mean, the, the guys dropping are kind of who you'd expect. Some of the, some of the guys who had a lot of momentum from the senior bowl, like uh, Osiris Torrance, Steve Avila, some of the best interior alignment drop a bit. Um you know, Kayon White, right. who had all that momentum. He's come back to earth. Brian Branch, who we mentioned. Hyatt, he had dropped a ton, which kind of surprised me. Um, so, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Um, Just with Jalen Hyatt, I mean, just going down because he ran a 4-1, I guess. I mean, I, I know he's a little smaller, a little thin, um, but this has been his game all along, man. He's just been a burner. Uh, gets Crazy. the gets behind defenses, makes big plays, and still ran pretty fast. Um, I don't know. I'm almost at to the point where it's like 40 times are just kind of like whatever because everyone's running four 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 five, and now we're knocking guys for running yeah. four four. It just doesn't make sense to me. Right, and to me, like the difference between a four three eight and a four four five is like. It's it's how the wind blew or it's like one one right. pressure point on one of those steps versus like it doesn't matter, man. Like these they're data points, but they're once once jerseys are on and you've you've got the proper dieting and you've gone through the strength and conditioning and like 
you're in the right offense. Like it all takes care of itself. It's you can't overread this. You can't, you know, um, Tuipulutu, Tuipulutu is really interesting. The more I think about it, you know, guys at the end, teams at the end of the first who are playing in four man fronts, like the whole time I think of Cincinnati, I think of Kansas city, he's going to be intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, my guy's an edge too. I mean, two sixty six at D lineman, and a lot of people saw yeah, that yeah. and maybe got a little scared. The guy played on the edge a lot last year. He was a big edge last yep. year. Yep. So uh, I don't think it really works against him that he's at two sixty six. No, I think that's where you want him to be. Um, over under how many of these the current top fifty we just broke down fall to the Broncos first pick, which right now is 67th Mm. overall back-to-back pick 67th, 68th. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to say, I feel like it's, it'd be a bit more than we expect maybe. So I'm going to say maybe five, six ish. I mean, could Cody Mach drop? Yeah, Could yeah, both sure. the interior linemen we talked about, Osiris Torrance or Avia, drop? I mean, yeah, Steve Avia is ranked all over the place. I was talking to Henry the other day, and uh, I think it's the the Pro Football or it's Draft Network or Pro Football Network um, uh-huh. mock machine had him down at like one eighty something. Uh, yeah, so right, right. I yeah, can I mean, see it, that. We've seen weirder things. Yeah, you know what, Hendon Hooker, forty ninth. I guarantee you. He's there mm-hmm. at pick 67. I guarantee yep. that shit. Um, Jake. Um, also, John Michael Schmitz really dropped. So I think you have at least like mm-hmm. three interior O linemen, Hendon Hooker. One of these wideouts could drop. One of these edges, corners, running backs, tight ends could drop. So let's throw in a a bonus fifth there and Trenton Simpson at 44 on DJ's uh, board is going to be really interesting because he ran out the building, all these Clemson guys, man, Mm -hmm. even though measurements and tests are coming through. Well, they're, they're not, you know, and the, the questions are coming up rightfully. So of like what happened to this defense halfway through the year, because they did not live up to expectations, plain and simple. They just did it. For sure. I mean, he's my guy, but even number 48, Zach Charbonnet, like, I wouldn't be surprised if he kind of has a little fall too, just as maybe one of the running backs looking outside in at the top two in um, Bijan and Jameer Gibbs. So, yes. I don't know, man. I mean, I, I think we've been surprised, I feel like, more exactly. times than not when it comes to these guys we consider top prospects dropping down. There's going to be some value is what Jake and I are trying to get to. Even if you don't trade up 67, 68, you absolutely will have some top 50 type prospects staring you in the face. I promise you that I'm setting the over under at six and a half, Jake. It's a great line. Thanks. Um, Thanks. (laughs) I think I... That makes me want to take the under, but uh, we just laid out our entire case for the over. So, all in on the over over here. All in on the over. Um, that was great. I want to get to these draft props. Uh, there, there's some other stuff we can get into in just a second, but this is for all our true homies, our people who've been with us. All these years who reach reach out to Jakester and I draft questions on Discord, on Twitter, whatever, guys. We have truly the ultimate game day experience giveaway for you. And it's all thanks to the great homies at Breckenridge Brewery. As you know, we already gave out our abs giveaway. Saw, saw our guy um, tweeting out. Throughout the evening seemed amazing, but it's still not too late to sign up for the Nuggets giveaway game on Thursday, the 30th against the Pellies to go and watch the Nuggets courtside row two 
on top of getting club Lexus uh, parking pass DMVR gear. It's really an amazing deal. And that's why I'm telling you all our hardcore peeps, all our peeps who have been with us all this time, the, the, the people who show our love, it's completely free. You just need to go to our site, ddmvr.com slash Breck sweeps. Um, you know, you'll, you'll find it under the menu again, reach out if you need any help, we'll put it in the show description for you. Just reach out, get in on this because it's still not too late to enter this a week before the 30th is when we'll announce our winner. So get in. All we need is some basic info on you, basically to contact you and, uh, you know, show Breck some love too, because they're really hooking it up, uh, with this amazing giveaway, but please, please, please get in on this. I want, I want some of our, our beautiful people to be able to enjoy this. While we're only giving a few tickets away for that, everyone can compete against us in the run your pool challenge yes. for March madness. Yes. Coming up on Sunday, we have selection Sunday tournament actually starts the 14th and the 15th with the first four playing games, but March 16th at 10 15 AM, that is going to be the cutoff to sign up for run your pool and play with us in the bracket challenge, just head on over to play.runyourpool.com slash DMVR. And don't forget to get your picks in before that March 16th deadline at 10.15 a.m. We're giving away some pretty cool prizes. First place gets $300 in cash, also $75 DMVR locker gift card. And second place, $150 cash prize, while third place gets $50. All that to say it is completely free to play. Again, head on over to play.runyourpool.com slash DMVR. And make sure to get your picks in before March 16th at 10.15 a.m. Can't wait to compete against you all and be very upset at how my bracket turns out. Yep, yep. Our brackets are going to look miserable. You get to laugh at us. And for free entry, you get to win some awesome gifts beyond having bragging rights over us. So amazing stuff. And to be clear, even if Jake and I did beat you, we're not eligible for those prizes. So Congrats. There you go. <laughs> um, but have no fear. We will not beat you out. Let's get in to these DraftKings 2023 draft props. Just go to the NFL section and 2023 draft. Love everything here. Let's start with some juicy draft matchups, Jake. Because Zay Flowers minus 205 over Jalen Hyatt, who you can get at my mm-hmm. at plus 165, is really intriguing. Because again, I was just giving advice to a to a friend on a mock and saying, "Hey, put Dabble, give Dabble Zay Flowers at like twenty fifth or something, and you know, give the the Chiefs Hyatt." It's exactly what we've been talking about throughout this podcast. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. At the same time, I've seen the NFL kind of hunt for those speedsters, you know, and you wonder yeah. what Hyatt could Hyatt improve stuff. At the at the pro day, um, just in general, though, I think like I've seen guys like John Ross, who was a, a pure speedster and had health concerns. I've seen guys like Will Fuller, who had health concerns and hand concerns, go really high just based on pure speed. Wouldn't surprise me if Jalen Hyatt surprised us by going pretty high and plus 165 feels like a sneaky value here. Right. I mean, all due respect to my guy Zay, but I mean, the one big knock against him is the size, which Jalen Hyatt kind of has. I mean, he's at least got the length um, and the frame to fill out. He may not have the actual like mass and size right now. He's listed at 176. Right. Um, but he does measure in hi- uh, higher um, or taller, I should say, than Zay Flowers at six foot. Um, and just, I mean, it's obvious on film who's the bigger player, too. Yeah. And Jalen Hyatt, even me, even maybe faster, which is where this argument comes from. Um, I'm not going to lie. I'm kind of liking the Jordan Addison over the Jackson Smith and Jigba one, too, in this same area. Yeah. I mean, Okay. Well, we're getting into wide receivers. So let's go to the wide receiver prop section as well, where Jackson Smith and Jigba favorite to be the first wide receiver taken at minus 130. Quinn Johnston plus 275 feels like tremendous value. I feel like this is all great value outside of Jackson Smith and Jigba here. I mean, Quentin Johnston with the size speed combo, Jordan Addison. I mean, you could argue him or Zay Flowers may even be just the best all around receiver just because they're right. a bit smaller. I feel like this is where they're listed at. Um, 
so yeah, I mean, I could totally see a bet on any of those three guys. Um, Jalen Hyatt, I again, I maybe over someone, but as first wide receiver selected, I, that makes me a little nervous, though. Yeah, that one's a little tough for sure. Um, this is a the tight end matchup: Kincaid versus Meyer, both even minus one fifteen. What's interesting is uh, DJ's mock has you know Kincaid eleventh overall or uh, top 50, but both mocks still had Meyer as being tight end one. We've done our rankings already on the tight ends this draft season. I have Kincaid higher. I forget if you had Meyer or Kincaid higher. I had Kincaid higher too. But what will the NFL think? Um, Because they are both like more receiving tight ends. Minus 115. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe you go to the tight end section and you play Darnell Washington plus 350 to be the first tight end selected and say, screw the matchup. Yes, exactly. I think if anything, that's what I would do. Um, If I had to pick between Mayer and Kincaid, though, I think I'd just pick Mayer just because of the injury Kincaid has right now. Uh Um, We'll see if he's able to actually put numbers up, but that's what I would do if I had to pick between there. But yeah, I love Darnell Washington plus 350 right there. Um, you could totally see some team even going like kind of crazy in like the mid to high teens and going screw it. I mean, this guy is literally a sixth offensive lineman. We saw what he could do with his receiving skills. Why not draft him as the first tight end, dude? Fifteenth overall, where everyone was mocking Meyer to the Packers for a month. Darnell Washington kind of makes more sense to me. Also, Darnell Washington, what I've told people who have asked me for a little mock advice is he, you know, you, you see like the, the teams who need a tight end. He can go beyond those teams because he could be selected by Baltimore, even though they're flush with tight ends because they mostly have receiving tight ends. And now mm-hmm. it's just like a full team identity. Um so, yeah, I just think, like, the NFL is going to like Darnell Washington way more than NFL media has right now. And plus, you know, that kind of plus value, plus 350, really feels like you're kind of stealing. Um, matchups-wise, who will be drafted earlier? Paris Johnson Jr. stood out to me over Skaronsky. Minus 130, I think that's awesome value. Yeah, I mean, this goes completely against what we just talked about with the McShay and the Brugler mock, both having Skoronsky going as the first offensive lineman. I mean, Paris Johnson, I think, in both scenarios went the pick after. Um, but this is what we were trying to say is if you can't play a tackle, the NFL is going to value right. those tackles at offensive line way more. Um, you know, all these guys, Zion Johnson we talked about, uh, even go back to someone like Dalton Reisner when the Broncos took him. He was a guy a lot of people had at right tackle and stuff like that. Shorter arms, drafted at guard, has stayed at guard his entire career so far. Um, so, yeah, Paris Johnson, I think get it while you can with the juice at 130, minus 130. Yeah, for sure. Um, then I thought this team draft special was really interesting. Who will draft Anthony Richardson? Uh, I think there's, you know, Raiders plus 600. Falcons plus 1200 and um, Titans plus 2000 are really intriguing to me. I love the Lions plus a thousand too. I just love the fit with that with going to Dan Campbell. You have Jared Goff there. You can sit for a while. Um, but yeah, I mean, Falcons, I, I like Titans is sneaky, but I, I, I get the reasoning with that too. Raiders, yeah. I think plus 600 is pretty decent also. Yeah, yep. Uh, plus 600 for the Raiders is really intriguing. I just, especially the Titans at plus 2,000, feels like they could be a play there. Um, you've got a ton of these, though, like Quinton Johnston, Jackson Smith and Jigbo. We talked about the Bijan one a couple episodes ago. Um, so that's really intriguing. Cornerback props. Oh, no, there was another... Team to make the first pick. Yes, yes. Yeah. So Texans minus 105. Colts plus 225. We see a lot of mocks in that direction. And then I'm not quite sure, man. 
then I'm not going to sure. I think there is some value hunting that can be done, especially with Seahawks and Lions, plus 3,000 each. Yep. Raiders, I think, too, um, to go off of what I just said there. Um, Lions have two first-round picks. I yeah. mean, it's kind of a jump from where they are, but at plus 3,000 to have two first-round picks and potentially move up to first when you have Jared Goff as your quarterback. Like Same that. with the Seahawks. They both have two first-rounders and a top-six pick to throw in a swap. Like, mm-hmm. It's not bad. Not bad at all. I like both of those. Um, if you had to pick between the Colts and the Panthers, which one would you go with? The Colts. The Colts. I'm not quite. You'd go Panthers? I think so. Just with the, I mean, both owners, I feel like could kind of play the Trump card and just be like, screw it, like send it. Um, But I feel like Tepper kind of has a little bit more uh, fire under his seat just with the the way the rule era kind of went, the way that the Darnold trade's kind of gone. I feel like they've gotten got some pressure to really go and get a guy too. Fair enough. Um, and two other props that stood out to me, like just the values, insane. Darnell Wright being the first offensive lineman taken plus seven fifty. Keely Ringo plus three thousand first cornerback taken. That is insane. Um, Joy Porter Jr. Oh. plus seven fifty two. I feel like isn't bad. Yep. Um, yeah the corner class i mean so much of that is just like beauties in the eye of the beholder on this yeah i mean we see literally every year like there's a few guys that i think you kind of group in that consensus like top two or three group but it's always just kind of a grab bag with in terms of how they go even devon devon weatherspoon at plus 300 i feel like is value too absolutely i mean yeah, there's some there's some crazy value and like wide receivers. We broke that down. There's a lot of value there if uh, Smith and Jigba doesn't run the forty, especially or like you know Quinn Johnson still hasn't run his forty. That could be huge. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, that's some big dates to keep track of with upcoming pro days. You'll really want to watch Ohio State because. Um, the big tackles didn't do the athletic measurements and we need a 40 from Jackson Smith and Jake, but that's going to be massive. Devon Witherspoon isn't working out today at the Illini pro day. He'll have his own workout in early April. That's going to be a massive one. TCU is going to be a really big one for Quentin Johnston. How Kincaid performs is going to be huge for this tight end class after yeah. all those guys blew it up. So look at that Utah pro day also expecting Clark Phillips to improve mm-hmm. a little bit on things. Um, so, yeah, those are some, you know, we've got some big ones still to come for sure. Yeah, it's uh, it's that time of year, man, where uh, we kind of get a little crazy with it. I feel like the combine is kind of the start of it, and then the pro days just ramp it up a bit. We, we've got the Penn State track day coming too. Oh, a classic, a day, a tradition like no other, I think they say in the biz. Um, <laughs> Does Joey Porter end up listed in the 4240s at some point? Right, right. Could be, could be. Um, yeah, so it's going to be a blast. We will have you covered every single week as we give you the latest news and keep giving you our position rankings, our own mocks, other stuff from around the web right as we approach draft day. He, as always, is our guy, Jake Schwanitz. Shout out to our guy, Justin Michael, doing some great work. And um, I'm your boy, Andre Simone. Have a lovely weekend. We'll be back, as always, next week. Bye.